If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Tell the American people the unvarnished truth. Let it rip. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. You know, I've spent enough time just enjoying the uh, the horn playing on this song. You know, the grooves are outstanding, too, the drumming. Live from Studio C. C.V. Orr. Dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey now, everybody. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Co-general managers today, Jack, their job sharing. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Tuesday, Thursday. James Comey and Barack Obama spying on American citizens, concocting charges, leaking to the press, unmasking names of Americans involved in intelligence uh, operations for political purposes. Yeah, I'm starting to think this story is a long way from, from over, for better or worse. 
There's a poo storm on the horizon, Pa, and it's coming our way. God dang it. Will this ever end? Well, those involved are dragging their feet as hard as they can so that it feels like, oh, will this ever end? Right. 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 Make it seem like it's illegitimate, like the investigators are stringing it along. It's an old tactic in D.C. True. Uh, We'll be talking more about that later. Uh, Certainly, there could be some huge bombshells coming on that whole story. Oh, Um, yeah. Especially because finally, finally, at least a person or two in the left stream media is paying a little bit of attention to the idea of the giant, powerful federal government spying on the little guy. The alleged party of the little guy, their representatives in the media, suddenly have at least some interest in this story. Hallelujah. Um, do I understand that uh, in the last however many hours since I was tweeting about it, the mayor of Los Angeles has walked back the three-month statement? It was a bombshell that hit yesterday afternoon, speaking of bombshells, that uh, the, the city of Los Angeles announced, no, three more months of uh, the shut of the stay-at-home order. Right through July. Shut up and take it. So till August? Well, nobody was sure exactly what three more months meant. That didn't get nailed down either. Do we know what that means? Because there's already through May. Three more months would be June, July, August. Um, so that's uh, that's confusing. But anyway, do I understand that was walked back? I did not hear that. Yeah, okay. I believe so. That's big news. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is big news. Breaking news. Well, breaking news. Well, good. It, you know, it was a misstatement or the, they, they're answering a question they thought they heard or something like that. Good. Or he's a numbskull. <laughs> good, because I think, uh, well, people who live in the Los Angeles area, but the whole country is thinking, what? There are major cities that are going to stay locked down through the end of August? If we have to sacrifice 50,000 lives to save 50 lives, we'll do it, say the politicians. There's a good picture that went out yesterday of L.A. traffic yesterday versus, I think it was a month ago or a month and a half ago, when it was, uh, you know, six lanes across and two cars. Oh, yeah. And it was full-on traffic yesterday. And the idea being, you might want people to stay at home or sheltered home, but uh, they've stopped already to a certain extent. So, I don't know. This is going to get more uh, difficult to follow also as we get further along. As the governments are um, are going to realize nobody's listening to them. Right. Now, opening your business is a tough one because they actually fine you or yank your license if you have one or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, the people going out and about and that sort of thing, it's... You're a license yanker. You're a license yanker is what you are. I feel like we're moving to a pivot point. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, already come or about to come in maybe a few weeks from now, depending on where you are, but where people are thinking, oh, I get it. Those who are uh, merely responsible for the health response have had near dictatorial powers, and those who understand that the economic situation is part of the health response, have sat quietly on their hands, and now it's time for them to speak up. I was shocked. I about had a heart attack and drove off the road. So listening to uh, the the horrible, the unlistenable CNN, and uh, the anchorette was interviewing some doctor who was talking from the perspective of doctors, and she said, but won't we lose a lot of lives by keeping the economy shut? I mean, deaths of despair and the rest of it. I was like, what? Holy cow, somebody got word to him. There are two sides to this coin, both of them having to do with human lives. Hallelujah, he says again. So Dr. Scott Atlas, who we've talked to a few times of Hoover and Stanford, he said yesterday it's now official that the uh, the, the cure, the, the shutdown, is worse than the disease. Going forward? 
as of as of this point. Hmm. We're doing more harm than good. Oh yeah, I, I I believe that firmly. Yeah, as of right now, on March first, probably not. Oh heck, no. although we'll never know. No, but probably not. But no. as of now, yeah, hundred percent. Well, I think my position will always be if they'd have told everybody to wear masks and wipe things down and stay apart, we could have left everything open and accomplished it. But we'll never know. So, Well, our great overlords thought they knew better than to be honest with the people. Yeah, some of the financial numbers that are out uh, are just stunning. Because Nancy Pelosi, this hit right at the end of our show yesterday. There has been a proposal for another several trillion dollar package. Yep, Nancy's looking for three trillion Three more trillion dollars. It's an obscenity oh and a God. joke, and she won't get it, but it's if She gets half of it, though. I know, I know. Oh, my God. Anyway, we'll be talking about that later. Some of the stuff that's jammed in there, well, it's a wish list. It's a, if, I, if I could have anything, it's like when I ask the kids, if you could eat anything in the world right now, if we could go anywhere in the world right now, it's kind of fun to think about. I think that's what that bill was. If you could have anything in the world, what it would be? Oh, yeah. The $3 trillion has got all. I think the word diversity is in there 40 times or something like that. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, projects they've been hoping for on the left forever. Well, and amusingly, cannabis is mentioned 68 times. Uh, eliminating just the, the, the entire idea of, of being an illegal citizen pretty much would come out of that bill, among other things. Wow, what's that got to do with stimulating the economy during COVID? Very good question. Uh, but then let's introduce everybody in the squad to get started. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm doing great. A lot of state universities, they're canceling all the in-person classes for this fall. So everything's going to be for on. next year. Yeah, everything's going to be online. And I was just thinking if you were a young college student wanting to join a fraternity and then you got to do this online and, you know, pledge. I don't know what you can do. You're just going to drink a beer online and why other people watch you and decide whether you can join or not? Or how's this going to work? Just heard a, a poll cited that the vast majority of college students say, back to class, please, in the fall. Well, they're kids. They're, and they think they're indestructible, and I get that. But there's another poll that I heard cited by uh, one, of the, one of the senators from Indiana. I don't recall his name, but um, he was asked about the 68% of people who fear opening too early more than opening too late. But I, I would argue the the majority of Americans don't understand how economies work and how businesses work they think and it's because they've been lectured by politicians in the press for so long they think it is as elon musk put it the other day just a magical horn of plenty that just produces goods and services that are always there and always will be there of course they're there the golden goose or the horn of plenty will always just keep churning them out there's positive sean whose smile lights up the room how are you sean Geese made of gold, you say? That's, yes, that sounds interesting. No, 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 no. They're not made of gold. They poop gold. Oh, that's or they better. lay golden eggs. That's better. Say. That's a gold factory. Yeah, exactly. Unless you kill it to get in. Never read the book. <laughs> so uh, awkward times. Uh, you know, they they create opportunities for innovative uh, thinkers to emerge. And uh, today, my innovative thinker of the day is this fourth grade student who was participating in a Zoom class lesson. And, uh, you know, I got better things to do. He probably had some, some Animal Crossing to go to. You know, right. Tom Nook needs his bells. He had to sell some turnips <laughs> on the stock market. What is he talking about? My kids are saying the same thing every day, and I, and I don't know what That's they're a talking st- about. That's S-T-A-L-K, the stock market where you sell turnips in, in yeah. Animal Crossing. <sighs> um, the uh, and, and this child um, put as his little video screen share, he, you re- child. he changed his name to Reconnecting. 
to make it appear uh, as though he was having internet <laughs> connections. I I really want to be a part of this class, Teach, but I I don't know. I'm troubleshooting tech stuff oh, over here. Oh boy! But there was oh a flaw boy. in this young fourth grader's plan <sighs> as he left out one of the ends and reconnecting. <laughs> you child. So he misspelt it. A twist. Ah. The teacher caught on to his clever ruse. But this is how I know I'd be a bad teacher because that kid gets an A. <laughs> And my son was on a class the other day, um, and uh, at the very end of it, the teacher said, oh, so uh, Sam joins us now. And he said, I've been here the whole time. So <laughs> so I, the, the technological, technological end of this whole schooling thing, they got to get nailed down. <laughs> got a great note from a teacher if, uh, if, this very day. That if we'll universities feature. are going to move forward in the fall with Zoom classes and everything like that, we just got to get better at it somehow. Yeah. What I've witnessed thus far in my young uh, adult uh, child's Young uh, offspring, uh, her education via Zoom, etc., for colleges, they've got it fairly well dialed. It's a different skill set than keeping people engaged in a classroom, and some are are very bad at it. But colleges don't have a lot of the concerns that elementary schools oh, do, cool, public yeah. elementary schools do. And the, again, great note from a teacher on that topic. It's I hadn't even thought of some of this stuff. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I always felt like, uh, as a college student anyway, the college teacher should have the idea of, pay attention or don't, you paid for this. Right. It's your choice. Right. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, we've all sat there as sucky, sucky teachers drain not only our will to learn, but our will to live. <laughs> right. No doubt. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, May 13th. The year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's uh, begin inserting the swab of logic into the nose of the idiot wow. media. Precisely. Uh, that metaphor is perhaps my most idiotic. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's begin officially, according to FCC rules and regs, at Mark. It's interesting to me when I see the people yelling in the supermarket or wherever saying, you can't tell me to wear a mask. And I always say, can't they tell you to wear pants? What's the difference? You can't go in the store naked. No shirt, no shoes, no service. What's the difference? Yeah, man. Is that Don Limon? Yes. He is so obnoxious, but that was pretty funny. Well, and it's, uh, you know, they do have that sign on the, like, convenience store. You can't go in without pants. Right. Or shoes. Right. They won't let you in. Lord knows I've tried. Now they've added masks to the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's very good. A wide variety of uh, opinions and, and, and witticisms. Mm, awesome. Uh, yeah, the largest public four-year university system in America has said, no, not going to have any classes in the fall, just online. Holy cow, already? Yeah. 23 campuses will not have. And, yeah, and that's what's stunning to a lot of people, making that decision already. Mm. Uh, so what is going on there? Don't know. And if Fox is right with their reporting on uh, some of the stuff we're about to learn in the next couple of weeks, oh, my God, it's going to be huge Yep. if they're right. Uh, what is it we're talking about? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So uh, this has been cleared up. The mayor of Los Angeles, 
I want to reassure people because I think there's a lot of panic. Suddenly, the headline said we're all going to stay, stay ex- exactly as we are for three more months. That's not the case. So we'll get into that more coming up. Uh, it has been walked back. Well, and this may sound familiar to you. The county health chick who nobody voted for shot off her mouth and, and with her... I almost made a Hitler reference. Wow. Lord knows I I shouldn't. Nazi Germany. She, she <laughs> assuming dictatorial powers and swelling with the full majesty of her office, uh, declared three more months. Then the mayor said, eh, whoa, what? Hang on. And, 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 you know, dope that I believe Eric Garcetti to be. He's not dope. He's just misguided. Um, he said, no, 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 wait a minute. Hang on now. So, yeah, that's that's kind of a familiar scenario these days, isn't it? Well, these county health people, um, they only care about the health thing. Yeah, or federal people, too. So they're talking about in a perfect world, if I'm deciding for the health, yeah, I think we should stay close till New Year's. Jack, their intentions are good, which brings us to mailbag. Yay! And our freedom-loving quote of the day from Daniel Webster. History's opinion on Webster, mixed. Definitely. But he was a brilliant orator, and he said this. Is this the dictionary guy, or no? Is that different? Different guy. Okay. Good intentions will always be pleaded for every assumption of power, but they cannot justify it. It is hardly too strong to say that the Constitution was made to guard the people against the dangers of good intention, real or pretended. Hmm. Now that's a quote. mid 1800 Senator... Big mane of hair, apparently. <laughs> Not a bad do you wouldn't wear it these days. I'm looking at him right now. <clears throat> Here's a nice note from Zach. Just wanted to send you a quick thank you. The humor and level of objectivity you guys bring during this pandemic is one of the few things keeping me sane over the barrage of mainstream media coverage telling me I'm going to die or I'm a horrible person for thinking we need to reopen the economy and let people live their lives again. Got one of my coworkers in you guys. I'll try to add a few more people to that. Zach, you're going to try or you're going to do it? Uh, what did uh, Yoda say? Uh, do or do not. There is no try. There you go. You didn't do the voice, though. Oh. Um, hmm. Yeah, don't bother. All right, thank you. The moment's, <laughs> the moment's passed. <laughs> JT in Livermore writes, uh, as a future frequent correspondent, I can sympathize with the texter who's been texting for years, never getting their texts on the air. On the air. You uh, read that text yesterday, Jack. Said texter was amusing that he was either texting to the wrong number or his text was simply not worthy of airtime. I'd like to tell that texter that while his text may indeed have been unworthy, it's perhaps even more likely that ANG text and email screening is simply a capricious and or random process. I would say it's incomplete because it would occupy all of my time if it were complete. For example, writes JT, I've written several email gems that were mini literary masterpieces, full of wit, allegory, pathos, ethos, all wrapped up in timely references to pop culture as it relates to the subject brought up during the A&G show, only to have them completely ignored. <laughs> ethos and pathos, with news of the day wrapped up in pop culture references. Well, you hate to miss out on that. And he goes on, but I'm, I'm going to save him because he, he had his drop the mic moment. That's funny. Uh, how about this from Brian? <laughs> Headed out to a local food uh, to lo- I'm sorry, we got thirty. Okay. Headed out to locate food for the week. Visited two grocery stores. Paper Goods Isle had sparse generic single ply TP. Paper towels less absorbent than tree bark. 
On a whim, I decided to check the local chain drugstore. My God, they had four packs of double-sized bounty towels and six packs of mega-sized Charmin. It has to be a sign. For the past two months, those brands were rarer than a white rhino. (laughs) Glad you scored, Brian. That's got to be a relief. (laughs) The plush stuff. Oh, that good stuff. Armstrong and Getty. The government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't believe any of this could have happened without President Obama. I completely believe that not only did he know, and others have already said that he knew about the conversation, he knew about trying to go after General Flynn, and that it was being directed from the White House. So I have every expectation that President Obama is in the middle of this, but I think it's worse. I think you go back to Operation Crossfire Hurricane, the whole fake dossier and all the stuff, all the FISA warrants that were, I think, improperly and illegally gotten started on the Trump campaign. I really strongly believe that President Obama gave specific and direct oversight and direct permission for this. This is about to get really interesting. Um, Other than the rock and roll song that I wrote when I was seven, what is Crossfire Hurricane? (laughs) That's a whole operation that that, that much of it might have been illegal in trying to spy on the uh, Trump campaign. Essentially the investigation of any sort of Russian collusion. Okay. And according to reporting, some reporting by Catherine Herridge and uh, and uh, b- 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 Molly Hemingway from the uh, Federalist, yeah, yeah, um, Comey was briefing Obama personally on an ongoing basis without the Attorney General knowing about any of this, right? Because she found out about the whole Michael Flynn thing sitting in a meeting, and they were both talking about it. Comey and Obama were talking about it, and she's like, "What?" How am I not involved in this? <laughs> she was completely dumbfounded because it was the first time she'd heard about it, and she couldn't believe what she was hearing, that this was actually happening at all, much less that she hadn't been involved. So her, her account is, is quite interesting. Yes. But, and it's become infinitely clear now that the source of the illegal leaks was either the White House or much more likely Comey and his, um, his cadre. And Went to the highest levels. And, well, and so Scott, Senator Scott Hawley, so it's not just Rand Paul, there are at least two senators saying Barack Obama ordered this whole thing. He's the start of this whole crossfire hurricane thing, and the media needs to start asking him about that. And here's the Wall Street Journal editorial board today. Wall Street Journal is in one of your big three newspapers in America, right? New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, one of the most important newspapers in the world. They're the only ones that have any interest in this at that level, this story. I don't know if this is ever going to break through to the rest of the media or not. For the past, when did all this stuff dump? Thursday? For the past five days, there have been two stories and uh, and and the country's outraged about both of them, but but they're so separate. There's there's half the country that thinks, oh my God, we have a Justice Department that is run completely rogue. It's just an arm of the president will do anything to cover up and in 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 you know stopping the investigation of Flynn, ending the whole Flynn thing. Right. Then you got the other side of it is, wait a second, how did this even get started? Then what's going on there? They're they're completely separate stories. Right. But it's getting almost, the the second one is getting almost zero coverage at the New York Times, Washington Post, cable news level. 
Um, and it's stunning. But here's the Wall Street Journal. So this is not the Federalist. This is not the Washington Examiner. This is not, uh, I don't know who would be another example. This is not Rush Limbaugh. This is the Wall Street Journal editorial board. Barack Obama is a lawyer, so it was stunning to read that he ventured into the Michael Flynn case in a way that misstated the supposed crime and ignored the history of his own administration in targeting Mr. Flynn. Since the former president chose to offer his legal views when he didn't need to, we wonder what he really worried about. Donald Trump's victory increased the chances that this unprecedented spying... Ooh, the spy word. It's not spying. It's surveillance. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, That this unprecedented spying on a political opponent would be uncovered, which would have been politically embarrassing at the very least. Targeting Mr. Flynn and flogging the discredited Steele dossier kept the Russia collusion pot boiling and involved in the two-year Mueller investigation that turned up no evidence of collusion. The headline being Barack Obama on Michael Flynn, they're laying it at Barack Obama's feet. And I think the Wall Street Journal editorial board doing that is, it, I think, is crossing a line into some area where we haven't been yet. I would agree. Ironically, in the same way that James Comey leaking to the news media that he had briefed the president on the idiotic steel dossier made that news. Now, the Wall Street Journal saying Obama was in on this. He started it makes it news for the other networks, and they might have the balls to pick it up. I don't know. We'll see. We do not have time for this kind of silliness. Oh, hey, speaking of the mainstream media, get clip number 51 ready. They are, at least George Snuffleupagus, is paying some attention to this story, to my surprise and delight. And, oh, and he talked to Joe Biden about it. So this has two two chunks of significance to it. Number one, they're paying attention to the story a little bit. And number two... Biden comes off like a doddering old fool again. What did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn, and was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. You say you didn't know anything about it, but you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question Michael, Michael Flynn over those uh, conversations he had with the uh, Russian ambassador Kislyak. No, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was that there, they asked for an investigation, but that's all I know about it. Okay. He stated the first time, if you've already (laughs) forgotten, I don't know anything about a Flynn investigation. Yeah. And then then seconds later. He says, oh, I was just being briefed on the investigation. Yeah, I thought you said uh, I didn't know anything about the egg in Flynn's house. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. He went on to clarify. And old Sandwind (laughs) and Bushwhacking, Hornswoggling, Crocker Crocker is going to roll away. Now, the weird thing with Joe Biden is he's so addled. I think he just was confused. I, it's it's almost hard for me to think that he's keeping all these things straight in his head and trying to be part of some sort of cover-up or dance around the truth. I don't think he's capable of that, which is a pretty damning thing to say. Mm. I don't think he's capable of trying to finagle the truth on this issue. It's too complicated. I don't think he, I don't think he has a mental capacity. Not a joke. Well, that sounds like a good resource to me, then. <laughs> I mean, to the extent that he can remember anything that happened, yeah. you know, 4 to 12 years ago, uh, go ahead and ask him, because as you point out, he's not adept enough to lie at this point. Eisenhower uh, famously did that on purpose, because the media kind of treated and talked to him like he's an old man, didn't know what he was talking about, and he would pretend that sometimes, just to, like, 
bamboozle them or they keep them off. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, it's very complicated. You know, yeah. try to keep him. He, wow. even, he said to a, there's a famous story of him saying to one of his, what are you going to do when you go out there? I'm just going to confuse him. <laughs> I'm just going to say a bunch of words and confuse him. Um, uh, but but so here's another part of this story that we uh, we talked about. This came out I don't remember years or so ago. We talked about it at the time, but it makes even more sense now. There's a memo from Susan Rice oh. the the day of the inauguration at about noon. So I mean she is literally slipping this under the I can't say literally because there's no wire involved. She's literally getting this in just at the last seconds of the Obama administration. It appears That's to be the true. single last thing she did. Yeah, in the job where she says in a memo, and we got we got to dig up the correct verbiage. But she says like three times, the president ordered us all to do everything by the book in this investigation, by the book. And it was very important to Barack Obama that we do this by the book. Just want to say that one more time for my email for all of history. <laughs> to buy the book. So, like, an on the record, in all caps, we did everything right. Yeah, exactly. And legally. Nothing to see here. Yeah, right. right. The last moment that she was still in any power whatsoever. I'll read the key phrases to you now. President Obama began the conversation. She's recounting that very January 5th, 2017, Oval Office meeting between Obama, James Comey, and Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates. Okay. Uh, Ambassador Rice, who is a congenital liar, writes, President Obama began the conversation by stressing his continued commitment to ensuring that every aspect of this issue is handled by the intelligence and law enforcement communities by the book. The president stressed that he is not asking about initiating or instructing anything from a law enforcement perspective. He reiterated that our law enforcement team needs to proceed as it normally would by the book. Great, Scott. Why would that be on your mind as you're walking out the door from the biggest job you've ever had in your life? I would like to make it clear that I have not robbed a liquor store. I don't own a sawed-off shotgun. And the robbing of liquor stores with sawed-off shotguns is something I would never do. I'm sorry, why did you bring that up over dinner, honey? Please, this is almost hilarious. It's like your four-year-old running out and saying, I didn't steal any cookies. (laughs) Right. What? If somebody asked you about the why the plant got broken, I didn't do it. <laughs> huh? Susan <laughs> Rice. Plants broken? <laughs> wrote a I was con- thinking of the pot, but that, that, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> you can break a plant. Depends on, you know, it's, it's, it's sturdiness, it's pliability. It's it was really not the point of my story. I see. No, I was, I was, I was, I was uh, clearly poorly playing the part of the confused parent of what broken plant. Oh, As, yeah. If I may recapture the thread of the thing. <laughs> Just as the four-year-old has confessed, so has Ambassador Rice. How clear does it need to be? Why do you issue a last-second denial of something nobody has accused you of? I mean, how clear can it be? Well, You're a genius. And the fact that it's <laughs> Thank you, sir. right at noon on the first, uh, the 20th of January... As I'm sitting out there in the rain waiting to listen to uh, Trump's speech. Right. There you in the s- Capitol. You see the limo pulling up to the the White House. <laughs> Looking like some sort of central casting spy. <laughs> That's right. I was dressed as a spy. I forgot. <laughs> Hilariously so. <laughs> You're an idiot. Wow. The I'm president s- with divergent opinions. I'm surprised funny. I didn't get pulled in as some sort of Russian contact. Well, they were watching you. Who's that guy standing out there dressed like that? What is that? Wasn't with anybody. Didn't <laughs> talk to anybody. 
Flowers a lot. He's got uh, RBF, clearly. <laughs> Thousand yard stare. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, and, and by the way, there's more to that letter. Um, it is long and detailed and clearly a denial of charges that not only did not exist at the time, but were she and Comey and Obama and, and the confused old man Biden, were they telling the truth? This denial would be utterly unnecessary. It's it's bizarre that it exists, except in one context. And that context is they knew full well that they had gone way beyond the law and their constitutional limits. And with Donald J. Trump elected, their goose was cooked. That is the only context in which this makes any sense. Yeah, Pretty interesting stuff. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We got oh, I'm m- sorry. One more note. She cc'd a major Washington law firm mm. on this memo. What? That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, so we got more on this throughout the uh, program. Also, uh, second biggest city in the country is not going to shut down for three more months. Uh, they misspoke. You know, I just misspoke. That was the reply from a senator. They cc'd a law firm. Okay. I stand corrected by me. Um, but we got lots of stuff on the way. Hope you can stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I want to reassure people because I think there was a lot of panic suddenly when the headline said we're all going to stay exactly as we are for three more months when that's not the case. I think quite simply she's saying that we're not going to fully reopen Los Angeles and probably anywhere in America without any protections or any health orders in the next three months. I think we know that it's going to be even longer than three months. Okay, Thank you sir. for laying to rest that uh, opinion that nobody had. That so we'd open up wildly with no precautions. Thank you, <laughs> oh, oh, your honorable sir. Yeah, so Twitter went a little crazy uh, yesterday afternoon when it, it looked like uh, L.A. County had announced that they were going to stay shut down through August. Till August or through August wasn't nailed down, but either way, a lot longer than anybody else thought. And uh, so they're trying to clarify, saying that's not the case, I guess. I don't know. That was kind of confusing. So um, anyway, so you got that in the L.A. area. Then, well, uh, it was it was the typical the health lady grabbed her her microphone and pronounced how it must be. And you will listen to me. And everybody freaked. And then the politicians had to say, well, she's not running the place. Tell you what, county health directors would be dictators one and all. In Washington, Governor Jay Inslee's office has released a set of guidelines that restaurants will have to follow to reopen for dining room service, which includes a daily log of customers you must maintain for 30 days. It includes all their telephone, email, and contact information. So if you're going to open up your restaurant, you have to keep a log for 30 days of every customer's contact information. What? Oh, goodness. Is that for social tracing purposes? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contact tracing. But the right, restaurants, right, the but a lot of the restaurants are saying, I don't know how or if we can even do that. Or and I don't know if our customers freak. I don't know if our customers are going to dig that either. I'm, you know, I don't want to give the waitress my email address necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're making progress. Those of us who have the capacity for logic and aren't trying to draw some sort of exciting narrative about Trump with every word on this topic. I mean, for instance, uh, Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR, 
this morning. Uh, the, 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 little gal, the, the gal there was interviewing a senator from Indiana. Said the headline out of yesterday's hearing is that Dr. Fauci warned there could be terrible consequences for opening early. And I wanted, I wish I could have jumped through the radio and said, whoa, 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 whoa. You decided that that was the headline. You decided that in advance. And in spite of some really interesting testimony, because that serves your narrative, you're still going with that headline. That doesn't mean that's his headline or anybody else's headline. And the truth is, There are a lot more people pointing out, no, there are going to be terrible, awful human consequences to remaining shut too hard too long. So finally, you know, at least that's getting a breath of air. Um, I forgot to hit with a couple of the replies. So the reply on the original announcement out of Los Angeles, uh, L.A. County, that it was going to be shut down through August, somebody posted, California, where you can take a dump on the street, but you'll get a ticket if you don't wear a face mask while you do it. Right. (laughs) And then the response to the Washington announcement about the restaurants and the information. Uh, background check and 10-day waiting period and keeping a list for customers dining out. But, hey, shoot up, throw garbage everywhere, go to the bathroom on the street, whatever you like. You know, that's an excellent point. Freeattle has been one of the few capitals of utter lawlessness in the name of compassion. You can do anything, you, including assaulting people. You can be a crazy junkie, high on meth, assault people and get away with it scot-free. But now when it comes to controlling you because of the virus, they want, you know, well, complete control. It's just astounding. I, I hope there are enough voices out there to sooner or later overwhelm the nothing-but-caution crowd. Uh, you know, my headline yesterday, actually, from the from the hearing... Is um, uh, do we have the uh, the the Rand and Fauci thing? Uh, were you going to do something here, Jack? Or I mean, either way. Uh, blah, 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 blah. how long is that? Yeah, we have. I think we have time. Yeah, we do. Uh, give me a clip number forty, please. This was the real headline. I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make a decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy, and the facts will bear this out. First of all, uh, Senator Paul, thank you for your comments. I I have never made myself out to be the end all and only voice in this. I'm a scientist, a physician, and a public health official. I give advice according to the best scientific evidence. There are a number of other people who come into that and give advice that are more related to the things that you spoke about, about the need to get the country back open again and economically. I don't give advice about economic things. I don't give advice about anything other than public health. So Dr. Fauci has made it infinitely clear that, look, I'm just one side of this. There have to be other voices, and there should be other voices. And the idea that it's Fauci versus the president is an utter fiction concocted by, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, uh, you know, the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, et cetera. It is utterly fictional. Yet you hear it every day, all day long. Yeah. Um, There's an opinion piece in the L.A. Times we could read later. The economic devastation the pandemic wreaks on the ultra poor could ultimately kill more people than the virus itself. There was a worldwide stat that came out yesterday about the uh, 
hundreds of millions of people that that will likely be driven into extreme poverty by the right. economic uh, result of the pandemic. Yeah, not American poverty where you think about discontinuing HBO. No, <laughs> starving to death poverty. There's a stunning statistic out of the Fed uh, that came out in the last day or so um, on that very topic. We'll hit you with that in just a moment or two, but it'll really make clear what we're trying to tell you. There are costs to ultra-hyper-caution. Armstrong and Getty. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.